Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. For Lean's Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 739. We'll start off this week's show with a preview of some of our upcoming shows so that we don't run out of time at the end of this week's show to preview those other shows. Next week on our show, number 740, we'll welcome one of the youngest guests we've ever had with us when we talk with 14-year-old Adam Dalla. Adam is from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but he'll be with us from Tucson, Arizona, where he'll be attending the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. And he'll be there as more than a visitor. He'll be manning a booth promoting his new mobile game called Find the Birds, designed to get kids interested in birding. The following week, we'll talk with Danielle Vosberg down in Tallahassee, Florida, about her nonprofit organization called Balloons Blow, which aims to teach us why there is no such thing as an environmentally safe released balloon. The week after that, we'll welcome singer-songwriter Stephanie Seymour to Talkin' Birds, and we'll hear samples from her wonderful new CD entitled, There Are Birds. And then we'll hear from a man who knows a lot about wild birds and domestic chickens, and who recently returned from a birding trip to a most unusual destination, Chernobyl, Ukraine, site of the worst nuclear reactor accident in history and apparently now becoming a big destination for tourists and birders. Jesse Huth will join us from Wimberley, Texas. A little preview there of some upcoming guests here on Talking Birds. Meanwhile, on the topic of music again, if you're anywhere near southern New England, you might consider experiencing the Birds of Tanglewood in Lenox, Massachusetts, as the world-renowned Boston Symphony Orchestra performs music inspired by birds on August 11th there at their Tanglewood summer home. And as part of the event, the Dean of New England Birders, Wayne Peterson, will present one of his always fascinating bird talks. BSO.org for more info. We had a chance to tag along with Wayne Peterson on a shorebird walk yesterday at the spectacular Parker River National Wildlife Refuge on Plum Island up around Newburyport. Massachusetts. Thank you, Wayne, for leading us to all those shorebirds there. Even though it was a not the best day for shorebirds, but still pretty amazing to see. Now here's something not terribly musical. It's the whirling propeller sound of a drone. But now there's a new drone in town. Several, in fact, that scientists are working on, with at least one of which from what we can tell, making almost no sound at all. They're drone designs that mimic the flight of birds and bats and bugs. Experts say the flapping wing drones will be able to perform tasks without disturbing or endangering people or property. 
Purdue University mechanical engineer Xinyang Dun, who's working on drones modeled after hummingbirds, says that these drones, which are about the size and weight of a hummingbird, will also be able to maneuver through tight spaces that are off-limits to larger drones of conventional design. Meanwhile, a company called Animal Dynamics in Oxford, England, is working with the UK Defence Science and Technology Laboratory to build a drone with wings like a dragonfly. At Harvard University, researchers are developing a drone called RoboBee, which weighs less than a paperclip and features two pairs of solar-powered wings controlled by artificial muscles. And scientists at Northeastern University in Boston are experimenting with a bat-inspired robot called, what else, BatBot. Northeastern roboticist Alireza Ramazani says, we can think of these BatBots as the guardians of future cities. Meanwhile, a blurb about butterflies. A report in Science Magazine says new research may offer a cautionary tale for citizen scientists trying to help save monarch butterflies by raising them in captivity. The research suggests that captive-raised butterflies are sometimes unable to migrate, either because of missing genes or a lack of the right environmental cues. A graduate student at the University of Chicago discovered that while wild-caught monarchs consistently head in the right direction for migration, commercially sourced monarchs and local individuals raised indoors did not. They tended to head in random directions instead. In colder climates like North America, the monarchs don't survive the winter if they don't migrate. So the researchers say the recent request for the U.S. government to list the species as threatened may be warranted. Their findings also suggest that school groups and hobbyists who raise monarchs to boost the species' population may want to source them locally and raise them outdoors for their entire life cycle. Back to birds. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest. We're hearing the song of our mystery bird. And here are some clues. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with an olive green back, a gray or blue-gray crown, whitish undersides, a white eyebrow, and a black stripe through its dark red eye. Our bird, which summers over most of North America and winters over most of South America, feeds by gleaning insects from foliage in mixed forests and parks with big trees. Clues for our mystery bird and the sound and our prizes. Wow, we have three beautiful prizes. First, the Droll Yankees original, iconic, A6 classic tube feeder that comes with a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Bonus prizes, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. That's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Plus... 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Clues and sound and prizes on our Mystery Bird Contest coming along a little bit later in the show. We'll even give you the phone number now so you'll have it handy. It's 781-837-4900. Extra, extra, read all about it. 
Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. How can we save our oceans? Popular Science Magazine asked a dozen experts that question, and we'll link you to the story that details their suggested solutions. Did you miss World Ranger Day? We'll catch you up on these unsung heroes of wildlife conservation through a link to a piece from unenvironment.org. And we'll connect you to a cool video from inside a penguin rescue center. That's some of what's on our Facebook page right now, and you can also find those stories through an online search. Meanwhile, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. That's three thank yous to three new Talking Birds ambassadors. Great listeners who've agreed to let us send them some of our little info cards that they send out to their, or hand out to their friends and neighbors and fellow birders. And thank you to Andrea C. from Costa Mesa, California. She's a fairly new listener and a fairly new birder. And she also posts some great photos on Instagram. She's at Andrea Likes Birds. That's at Andrea Likes Birds on Instagram. Thank you, Andrea. And thank you to Carol Murphy from South Orange, New Jersey. She uh, says she's looking forward to each new episode. She began birding in earnest four years ago in the great birding state of New Jersey. She says birding is part of my daily routine, whether I'm at home, at work, or at the Jersey Shore. I've also logged checklists, she says, from trips to Ireland, Argentina, California, and Massachusetts. Thank you very much, Carol. And thanks to Ned B. from Columbia, South Carolina. He's listening to the show. He says he's steadily going through the backlog. He says, I'm in November 2017 now. Thank you so much, Ned, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family along with Ned and Carol and Andrea and allow us to send you some of our info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To join the family, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. That's TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's it. Still to come on our show today, Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's famous Birdwatchers General Store will tell us about bird banding, how it's done, how it works, and while it's, why it's still a thing in this high-tech geolocator age. That's on our segment of the show that we call Let's Ask Mike. And up next, a bird that often takes a very long journey, accompanied by a very long tail, is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend seems to think it belongs up in the Northeast U.S., even though it really doesn't. This spectacular, ultra-long-tailed bird is a rare example of a resident of the New World Tropics that wanders regularly to the northeastern U.S. and even Canada. The bird is the fork-tailed flycatcher. A member of the tyrant flycatcher family and related to the kingbirds and the scissor-tailed flycatcher, which also has a very long tail, although not as long as our featured friend. 
The fork-tailed flycatcher is gray above and white below with a black cap. It looks kind of like an eastern kingbird towing a very long black ribbon. Male fork-tails are up to 16 inches long, but the tail makes up as much as 12 of those inches. In fact, the fork-tailed flycatcher has the longest tail, relative to body size, of any bird in the world. By the way, in case a fork-tailed flycatcher shows up in your backyard sometime, they've been seen from California to Maine and up in Alberta, Canada, you might extend the visit by putting out some mealworms. They really like them. Tyrannus savanna, the fork-tailed flycatcher. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 739. We always extend the invitation to visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, and be on the lookout for a spiffy new redo of our website, TalkingBirds.com. And we do hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter and our newly reactivated and pretty cool Instagram place there, at TalkingBirds. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution. Working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you, Ed Begley Jr. He is a great conservationist and a pretty good actor, too. On to our mystery bird contest, trying to identify this mystery bird. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, here's how you can um, enter our mystery bird contest nonetheless, and that would be by listening to our show live online. Pretty easy to do. We're live online, or just live in general, every Sunday morning from 9.30 to 10 Eastern Time. So if you go to TalkingBirds.com, you can see the easy way to listen to the show online, listen to it live, and maybe call into our mystery bird contest. And by the way, if you'd like to listen to any or even all of our past Talking Bird shows, just open the podcast app that's built into your iPhone or the Google Play app on your Android phone and just type Talking Birds into the search bar. And then, this is our favorite part, click subscribe and then you can get alerts about when the next podcast is available. That's what we do, and it's just a click away. You can also find Talking Birds on most other podcast providers, and if you don't find us on your favorite app, uh, please do let us know. So, our mystery bird contest, the prize, the Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder that includes a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage, plus a download to your device, your iOS device, or online access to the LarkWire app, 
that makes learning bird sounds a game. And our extra bonus prize today, a big bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee on our mystery bird contest. There's the sound of our bird. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with an olive green back, a gray or blue-gray crown, whitish undersides, a white eyebrow, and a black stripe through its dark red eye. Our bird summers over most of North America, winters over most of South America, and feeds by gleaning insects from foliage in mixed forests and in parks with big trees. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. A definitive answer that's correct will win you those beautiful prizes. And an incorrect answer may also win those prizes for you if no one else gets the exact answer. So, in other words... Take a guess or tell us what it is. It's at 781-837-4900. Please don't wait to call so we have time. It's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor talks bird banding on Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. This is Emily Raines in Tallahassee, Florida. I love listening to Talking Birds and learning everything that's happening in the birding community and also getting ideas of how to help with conservation efforts near me. I would encourage anyone who enjoys listening to Talking Birds to become an ambassador because the show is a fun way to learn more about birds and conservation is an important thing for all of us to be a part of. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Mike O'Connor time. Let's ask Mike live. Mike O'Connor down there at the justifiably famous Birdwatcher's General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Mike, I guess that means you're famous too if the uh, if the store is, is famous. Well, I, sure. I, it turns out I just have my own time zone, apparently. You just said Michael Connor time, so that's not bad. Yeah, well, you're like, way out there in the ocean, so you should have your own time zone. <laughs> no, speaking out there in the ocean, I know you said next, uh, in, in the coming weeks, you're going to have a guest talking about balloons, and I was just... Uh, taking a walk on the beach, actually on the Mass Audubon property along Cape Cod Bay, and came upon a balloon tangled up in some seaweed, this big mylar balloon. And, um, you know, based on your, uh, your fight to get even birds, you know, especially birds to pick up the trash, I scooped it up and took it off the beach, untangled it from the seaweed, and brought it, brought it with me as I walked. And more importantly, it was a, um, a happy birthday balloon, so... I'm going to save it for my wife's birthday. <laughs> oh, that is so thoughtful. It is. Um, well, it's about recycling, the, isn't it, Ray? Exactly. She'll appreciate it all the more that you right. obtained yeah, it. Yeah, if way. she doesn't mind barnacles and, and, and <laughs> smell, she'll, she'll, be, she'll yeah, love it. It's very Cape Coddy. Well, those Mylar balloons, by the way, are also a problem for electrical things, I understand. They can cause short circuits in, like, electrical wires up on the telephone poles and stuff. Right, yeah. I mean, every time, I mean, obviously, people came up with these, thought they were a good thing, but, you know, 
stuff shows up that they don't think about, and they don't think it through, and then yeah, that's a problem now. Exactly. Well, people are still thinking about bird banding. That seems like kind of an old-fashioned way to keep track of birds with all the new high-tech stuff out there, but it's still a thing, and... Um, What's it about? Tell us uh, for those who well, don't know it was, about I, I did, after I picked up the balloon, I went over, and, and uh, up on Wellfleet, they have um, a purple martin colony now, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they were bringing the martin colony down, and the, the martin colony is now on, like, these plastic gourds, not the big Graceland houses like they used to be. And, and so they would take them down and open up the gourd with a big screw cover, like a cookie jar, and take, a, take them out. And banned them, and they were doing this banding demonstration for you know camp kids, ten year old kids. Of course, I butted in because I had to watch the whole thing, <laughs> and um, it was interesting. And um, what, banding's been going on for like over a hundred years, and, and even before that, in a less uh, sophisticated way. And basically, each number is uh, the the uh, bird banding laboratory in Patuxent, Maryland, will assign individual numbers, like a Social Security number, and each bird gets that with a little aluminum band tied to its leg. And and oftentimes a location, in this case, Massachusetts Audubon and Wellfleet, puts a color band on it. Mm -hmm. So when this martin returns, they don't have to see the exact number, but they can see the color Mm -hmm. also and and know it came from that location. And they've been doing, they, they, they get about a million returns every year and it helps locate where the birds are going for you know we never knew where they went now you know like you said there's more sophisticated ways of doing it but they're still they're still doing it and i remember years ago the late johnny fisk who was like this old original bird bander she would really encourage the kids because kids go for walks they walk in the woods they walk along the beaches they walk in the swamps and if they find a bird or even of course an adult that finds a bird you can turn this band in. There's a website. It's called reportband.gov. Hmm. But that's, you know, you don't have to remember that. But just do an uh, online search for reporting a bird band. And it's a real simple, it's a government website. Hmm. You just put in the band number, and they'll send you information where it was banded and a little bit about the bird. So it, it kind of, you know, they appreciate the information, but it also makes people, you know, oh, cool. You know, I, I paid attention to something. Yeah. And, 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 and folks with cameras, adults with cameras, or even, you know, younger folks with cameras, if you see a, a banded bird, you know, try to get a good shot at the um, the leg mm-hmm. band. And then, you you know, without casting the bird, you can also report that in. But if you find a, a you know, a, a dead bird on the, on the side of the road, you can turn that in, too. And it, it's mm-hmm. gathering the information so... When people say, well, birds aren't doing this or aren't doing that, well, we've got information to back it up. It's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm always amazed that th- those leg bands don't seem to bother birds at all. You don't see them pecking at it or anything, trying to get them off. Yeah, I guess so. But I know the birds of prey, especially the eagles, you know, the, the bird, the songbirds, they just kind of snap them on. But they, with the, the big birds of prey, they have to actually put rivets in them because the, the eagles don't don't put up with that, and they try to get them off sometimes. But here's what I think is amazing. You know, we'll go out there, and you'll see a little sparrow, and they go, oh, I see that little light gray dot. That's what attracts the female to the male. Meanwhile, you know, his legs has got, like, uh, you know, Wonder Bread dots all over it, all the (laughs) multicolors. You know, you always wonder how that affects uh, attracting a female when one brown sparrow is standing next to another brown sparrow with eight different colors on its legs. Does that affect its breeding chances? I talk to folks, they say it it doesn't seem to, but eh, yeah, what do you know? All right, thank you, Mike. By the way, those kids called up and they said, go hang out with grown-ups, will you? (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) Talk to you next week, Mike.
Okay, see you later. Bye. Mike O'Connor there at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. For over a quarter century, Bird Watching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. All right, we're back here to the Mystery Bird Contest. That's our bird, a small songbird with an olive green back, a gray or a blue-gray crown. Whitish undersides, a white eyebrow, black stripe through its dark red eye. Our bird summers over most of North America, winters over most of South America. What is that bird? Beautiful prizes from Droll Yankees, plus the Larkwire app and Birds and Beans. Shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And we have Kelly somewhere in the great state of Maryland. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. Whereabouts are you in Maryland, if you're willing to tell us? Laurel. In Laurel, Maryland. Like the tree. Like yes. The, like which tree? Oh, the laurel tree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Laurel, Maryland. Well, uh, thank you for calling in, uh, Kelly. And uh, you heard the sound and uh, the clues and all that other stuff. What do you uh, What do you say, mystery bird? I'm going with the red-eye vireo. Go with it. Yes. Here I am. Where are you? Here I am. Where are you? Kind of a mnemonic for that song that they sing there. The red-eyed vireo is uh, uh, correct, indeed. Uh, nice, uh, nice job. I just read this the other day about red-eyed vireos. We mentioned them. They're summering over most of North America and wintering over most of South America. Some experts uh, now suggest that red-eyed vireos that live year-round in South America and not come up here may actually be a separate species. So uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Hey, uh, Kelly, we have a little extra time here this morning. Uh, uh, perhaps you'd like to try uh, our bonus question. Sure. Okay, you sounded hesitant about that. Well, I have no idea. It could be a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, but well, well, let's find out. Okay, here it is. It's a multiple choice. Uh, whiskey Jack refers to what? Whiskey Jack refers to what? A. Whiskey Jack is another name for a type of western jackrabbit. B. Whiskey Jack is another name for the Canada Jay, formerly the Grey Jay. Or C. Whiskey Jack is what I say to Jack the Bartender every week right after the Talking Bird Show. That would be the choices there. <clears throat> what do you think, Kelly? Well, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with B. It refer is another name for the the J. I believe you are correct. Yes. Jesse agrees. He's nodding. Yes, the Whiskey Jack, one of the uh, numerous nicknames for the Canada Jay, which has still not been named the official bird of Canada, as I understand it. So I'm not sure what they're waiting for in that, but that's uh, the unofficial bird of Canada, I think, at this point. Kelly, thank you so much, and if you will stay on the line, we will uh, make arrangements to uh, send those prizes to you. Down thank there you Laurel. very much. All right, thank you, Kelly. That's Kelly down in uh, Laurel, Maryland, uh, correctly identifying the uh, mystery bird as the red-eyed vireo. It looks like we are almost uh, out of time for our show this morning. We want to say thank you so much for being with us. Meanwhile, how conservationists and birders are fighting back 
against a plan to weaken the all-important Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Uh, We'll talk about that on uh, next week's show. Plus, that remarkable young man from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, will join us live from the Southeast Arizona Birding Festival. He'll be manning their uh, booth for the new mobile birding game that has uh, that he has created called Find the Birds. His name is Adam Dalla, and he'll be our special guest right here on Talking Birds next week. Just quickly, uh, those other guests that we have coming along, because we're pretty excited about uh, uh, about these guests. Danielle Vosberg down in Tallahassee, Florida, the group there that aims to. Uh, Educate people about balloons, those released balloons, of which there are no environmentally safe ones. You launch a balloon into the air, it comes back later as trash. After that, singer-songwriter Stephanie Seymour from New Jersey. We'll hear samples from her fabulous new CD called There Are Birds. And then we'll hear from Jesse Huth down in Wimberley, Texas, who recently came back from a birding trip to Chernobyl, Ukraine. He is a fascinating guy, an expert on wild birds and domestic chickens. Some of our shows uh, coming up the next few weeks. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, oceanstatebirdclub.org, and follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club.